This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms, and today I have a special guest on the line. And today you are going to meet Charlene Notgrass from history.notgrass.com, and you will find today's episode on the show notes. You'll find all of the information for um, some links and things to their products. And I want to welcome you, Charlene. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Charlize. I've been looking forward to this. Well, we have had some great emails back and forth, and I think you came on the line about 30 minutes ago, and we've been too busy chatting to even stop long enough to hit the record button. So, ladies and gentlemen, who, if any guys listen to Vintage Homeschool Moms, you're welcome, but you are in for a treat today. And Charlene's going to be sharing with us the making of Theodore Roosevelt. And, um, you know, focusing on some little things just so you can hear a little bit of her heart and what they teach over at uh, Notgrass History. Um, But before she does, I want her to share a little bit about her family with all of you. I'm happy to do that. I can't think of a topic I enjoy anymore. (laughs) I'm uh, married to the most wonderful guy in the world, Ray Notgrass. He's my encyclopedia dictionary and Bible concordance. He's brilliant. I'm very blessed and and a very loving husband, very encouraging. And we have three fabulous children, John, uh, who is married with our grandchildren, Henry and Toby, and our daughter, Bethany, who is also married with our granddaughters, Eva and Maria. And our youngest daughter, Mary Evelyn, is married with uh, four children, ages seven down to four months, Clara, Wesley, Peter, and Tommy. And that's the core of who I am, that and my deep faith in our Father and our Savior, Jesus. So we, um, we homeschooled. And our children all graduated from homeschool. And when that journey was almost completed, we started Notgrass History. And for the last 20 years, we've been doing that. Almost That's 20 wonderful. years. Um, wonderful. Been 19 and a half. <laughs> right. That's great. And you um, have a son who is part of your business and that's actually the person that I was familiar with online and that is uh, John so he um, is heading up your business now what what exactly does he do? well actually he is the chief financial officer but all of our children are involved in not grass history and we all own it together we John and my husband and I founded it in 1999 but our daughters mm-hmm. chose to become part of it too, um, as they um, 
got older, and we're very grateful for that. Our uh, daughter, Bethany, um, is our uh, corporate secretary, and she uh, works in curriculum development, and our daughter, Mary Evelyn, does too. She's our main graphic designer, and her husband is also involved. He manages our warehouse. We all wear lots of hats. Um, we're a small company with 10 people, six owners, and four employees, and so we all do a lot of things, but I've mentioned some of the main things, and then I'm the manager of curriculum development. My husband is our I've probably written more words for not just history than anybody else, especially our high school curriculum. Wonderful. That's great. Well, it's so nice to hear a little bit about your, you know, background in homeschooling because, um, you know, it just makes it more personal for our listeners, too, uh, as, as well. So um, share with us, like, some of your products. So it, the website link is history.notgrass.com. And, um, you know, just share with us a little bit about, you know, I know you've got a lot of products. Uh, so, you know, what would, you know, a, a homeschool mom who is looking for a history curriculum find if they went to your website? We consider ourselves uh, mainly a history company, but that's a little bit um, too narrow, actually. All of our curriculum includes Bible as a very key component and also literature. So when you do one of our high school courses, you actually can get three credits, one in English, one in Bible, and one in history when you do our history courses for high school. And you can get English and um, government or economics credit when you do our high school government and economics. They are very deeply Christian-based, but there's not enough Bible in them for credit. And then with wow. our younger courses, um, and I say younger and older, at this point, we have written three years for high school, three years for grades five through eight, and then this summer, we came out with our first history for first through fourth grade. And all of the ones that are in elementary and middle school slash junior high all have the Bible, literature, and history. But even more to the core, um, our, uh, whatever you call it, theme or whatever is teaching mm -hmm. the heart, soul, and mind. So we weave Christian worldview on every page of our curriculum. And we also Beautiful. feature primary sources. So every curriculum, even first grade, we have primary source, we publish a primary source book that goes along with our book of lessons. So at the end, we also give parents an outline of absolutely everything we offer for you to do in a day. You don't have to do all those things, but mm -hmm. after you read one of our lessons, we'll give you ideas for uh, seat work, for projects, for um, primary sources to read, but you never have to go beyond our curriculum packages for anything except if you decide to do a paper 
You have to do your own research. But other mm -hmm. than that, everything is in the curriculum. So well, we have up. tried to you make any, come by. Making me wish I still had kids that I was homeschooling. <laughs> I'm thinking for for um, homeschool, high school, that is fabulous because sometimes it's hard to get all those credits in. Right. It really does make it. I tell people it's economical both in money and in time mm -hmm. uh, to do it this way. And it just is so much, uh, it, it's like, it's sort of like we hand you a super creative unit study and you just take it. And and in the younger one, we even have folk dances and folk songs, and we have links to demonstrations for the folk dances. We have recordings of all of the folk songs, and it's just so easy. That's what parents tell us. You have made it so easy for me. Oh, we also hear, my yeah, child hated good. history until they used knockers. <laughs> Those are two of the comments we hear from parents uh, very often. You've made it easy, and now my child loves history. That's wonderful. Well, Charlene, uh, what a blessing. And I'm excited um, that you know, you've know you come on today to share about your not only your program, but a little bit about uh, Theodore Roosevelt and um, that his parents were um, homeschoolers. So that's always great to hear. So why don't you share a little bit about that, and then when you are done. I will come back on the line and um, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the specific things that you offer uh, when people sign up uh, for your email. Okay. Well, I want to begin by just telling all you mamas that I, I love homeschooling mamas. To me, you're, a hero, you're heroines. And I know you don't feel like a heroine every day. Maybe not most days. Maybe you've never experienced that ever, but you really are. You could be spending your life in so many different ways, but you've embraced your role as mama. You're devoting your days and weeks and months and years to nurturing the precious human beings that God has entrusted to you. Your children need you so much, and you're responding just as you should. And that's exactly what Theodore Roosevelt's parents did for him. Mamas and daddies down here in the South, I live in Tennessee, have a saying, don't forget your raisin. And that's exactly how President Theodore Roosevelt lived his life. He never forgot his raising. It was his bedrock, his sure footing, a heritage he kept close to his heart all his life. If you learn about Theodore Roosevelt, he was honest, he was compassionate, he worked hard, he was athletic, enthusiastic, bigger than life, and a man of deep Christian faith. And those teachings and examples of his father and mother were why uh, he, his parents had both died by the time he was 26, but the training they gave him through homeschooling and through who they were were just his um, his foundation. I love to talk about him. I have loved to learn about him. He wrote an autobiography right after he left the presidency. And then right after he died, his sister, Corinne, uh, wrote uh, a biography of him. 
in one of our primary sources uh, books, we have an excerpt from his autobiography. We have letters he wrote to his children. So we have featured him quite a bit in our curriculum in every age category. He, we just so ha have so much we can learn from him. He became president in a tragic way when President William McKinley was shot by an assassin and died several days later. Theodore Roosevelt became president. He was the youngest man ever to become president. He was, I think, 42 years old. And he moved into the White House on September 22nd, 1901. It was his father's birthday. And his sister, Corinne, was there that night visiting with her brother and sister-in-law and their family. And he told her, um, I'm sorry, she wasn't there. He wrote her a letter about it. And he said that night that he, it was a tender memory to him that it was his father's birthday and that he felt his father's blessing, especially that day. And about his presidency, he told her that he never took any serious step or made any vital decision for America without first thinking, what would my father have done? And I just love that, that uh, and we parents have such a profound influence on our children, and that's what God wants us to have. That's what he planned when he created the family. And I love that the story of President Theodore Roosevelt began with a love story. His father was born and raised one of five sons in New York City. The family had been there for generations. And he was a very wealthy, he grew up in a very wealthy family. His father was the first Roosevelt to become a millionaire. He ran a glass import business. And uh, when he was 19, he met 15-year-old Martha Bullock from North Georgia. She was from a slave-owning plantation family in North Georgia. So you have this northern 19-year-old whose father was an abolitionist and this 15-year-old uh, southern belle who meet and fall in love with each other. They wrote love letters back and forth, and then a few years later, three days before Christmas, he and his parents came down from New York City, and they got married in her parents' mansion. Her mother was a widow by this time. Her father had died. And that home, by the way, is open to the public. You can visit Theodore Roosevelt's uh, mother's home in North Georgia. Well, Theodore's, uh, oh, and this is so confusing. Theodore Roosevelt's daddy was Theodore Roosevelt Sr. So I'm going to try to remember and call him B because that is what um, his friends called him and what his wife called him. But his daddy was a very romantic man. So he had grown up in a loving home with a father in the you know, in the 18, about 1840s or so, who was a romantic. And she uh, became a very loving husband, too. His mother was a Quaker, and she taught her son that with great wealth comes great responsibility to serve other people. And Fee Roosevelt just swallowed that teaching hole and made it 
part of who he was. He loved his parents. He worked with his father in business. And he visited his mother every day. As a family man, a very busy family man, he was busy in business. He was a great philanthropist, starting museums, starting helping ministries. But even in all that, he found time every day to be a fabulous father and to visit his mother every day. We, I wish I could talk to Steve Roosevelt about how he found 30 hours to the day to do all he did. But he was really a fabulous guy, and his children just wrote beautiful things about him. Uh, after he died, uh, Theodore uh, Jr. was at college, and he wrote, my dad was always happy because he was always making other people happy. And we all know that's true. But And then he marries this beautiful Southern Belle who is from a large, close, and very colorful family. Uh, they would have been a fun family to hang out with. They like to put on plays. They like to go on horseback riding parties. And so this is the, these are the parents who had four children. Uh, the oldest was, Belle had nicknames. The oldest was Anna, but they called her Bammy. And then there was Theodore Jr. And then Elliot, who turned out to be Eleanor Roosevelt's father. And then the baby was Corinne. Well, Thea and Mitty had to think about, now, how are we going to educate these four children? They decided that going to public school might coarsen their children. Corson, C-O-A-R-S-E-N, they thought it might coarsen their children. And I know lots of the listeners have made the same decision to homeschool for the same reason. But that was what they believed. And therefore, they decided to train them at home. The year before Theodore Jr. was born, his mother's sister and her mother moved in and lived with them in New York City. And uh, her mother spent the rest of their of her life with them. And uh, Mitty's, that, um, I haven't even mentioned, I don't think, uh, Theodore's mother's name, her name was Martha, but everybody called her Mitty. So this loving couple are Thea and Mitty Roosevelt. And um, her sister Anna just so appreciated letting them live with him that she begged to be the children's tutor in the nursery. So he agreed and therefore uh, the children's earliest teachers were their mother and her sister, Aunt Anna, who they just adored. Well, Minnie and Anna were great storytellers and President Roosevelt became a great storyteller too. Uh, the, he would keep the other children captive when he was just a little fellow telling them stories. And we know about Theodore Roosevelt as maybe the colonel who was in uh, the Spanish-American War, and we know about him as president. But he authored 30 books. The way he earned his living uh, was as an author. And so, uh, and he, that, that also came from uh, the homeschooling he received at the knee of his mother and his aunt. Telling stories was valued, and he grew up uh, to do that 
two. Now, his dad was super involved in his education also. He gave them so many uh, opportunities. One time he tried to send uh, the two boys a few yards from home to study with his own childhood tutor. But after a month or two, the boys came back home to, uh, to homeschool. I love this quote from Theodore Roosevelt's autobiography. He was talking about the virtues necessary for a nation. And he said, quote, these virtues are as dust on a windy street unless back of them lie the strong and tender virtues of a family life based on the love of the one man for the one woman and on their joyous and fearless acceptance of their common obligation to the children they're theirs. Now, I know that stiff 1800s language, but uh, early 1900s language, but what he said was, a nation needs one man married to one woman, and they take responsibilities for their children. Uh, a joyous and fearless acceptance of their responsibility. So that's what Theodore Roosevelt grew up in. The children called their parents father and little motherling. Uh, Theodore said that his mom was sweet and gracious and beautiful, a delightful companion, and that everybody loved her. And his sister wrote that she really had the gift of hospitality. And they used to throw parties on Friday nights when the children were teenagers and they have dances. They um, had a, a just a very happy, loving, welcoming home. After his father died, Theodore wrote in his journal that his father was the most wise and loving father that ever lived. And Corinne said that every week her dad gave up one day to visit the poor in their homes, personally visit the poor in their homes. And like I said, he founded aid societies. He founded a hospital. He founded museums. But, and he was active in business, but he took time every week to go and visit the poor. And one of his aid societies was called the Newsboys Lodging House. At the time, there were lots of really poor children on the streets of New York, and some of them did not even have a place to lay their head at night. So he founded this Newsboys Lodging House, and he would take his children with him every Sunday, and they would go and visit these boys. So, you know, I, I try to help parents understand that, and, and of course, many, many do, but sometimes we get so tied up in our curriculum and in our classes that we, we forget that we're rearing a whole child. Sometimes I think because we went to school ourselves, to, you know, a tradi traditional kind of school, that we, we kind of feel guilty if we're not spending a whole lot of hours every week recreating that in some form but we need to remember we are rearing whole people with hearts and souls and minds and bodies and Theodore Roosevelt's parents 
knew that, they understood that, they lived that, and they developed really close relationships with their children individually. And Sue and and Betty both really made sure of their spiritual training. Every morning before breakfast, they would call the children down to morning prayers, and they loved him so much they would fight over who got the best seat right beside their dad. And uh, not fight, but, you know, vie for the best seat. And at night, they would have prayers with their mother. And all of the children had some form of physical problem. Bammy had a terrible um, birth defect in her spine that she lived with the rest of her life. Uh, she got better, and she just brought doctor after doctor at, for her, and that is how he ended up founding a hospital. He founded a hospital for one of the doctors who helped Bammy. And then you have Theodore, who has severe, Theodore Jr., who has severe asthma. He said that one of his memories of as a child is of his father walking up and down the room with him in his arms at night when he was really tiny and of sit, and when he would sit up in bed and gasp uh, from his asthma and his father and mother would try to help him. Uh, and then uh, Elliot has severe headaches and Corinne also had a milder form of asthma. So they knew about homeschooling children with special needs. And they did that whatever it took. They just kept searching and searching for what each child needed. And that's just such an example for her, uh, for us. And then another thing they did was help their children with their specific interests. Theodore Jr. loved science. He read about birds and reptiles. He made drawings of them. I just put some of his childhood drawings in our new um, first through fourth grade American history called Our Spangled Story. I have four actual drawings that uh, he made as a child in that uh, lesson, in a, in a lesson about him. And uh, he also, his dad, uh, gave the the way you studied science then was to kill animals and then use taxidermy methods to preserve them. And um, so, because uh, Theodore Jr. had such an interest in that, his dad got him taxidermy lessons. And um, by the time Theodore Jr. was in his early twenties. He donated uh, lots of specimens to the um, um, oh, one of the museums in New York City. I can't think what the name of it is right now. But uh, his parents are also very tolerant of his hobby. He and some cousins had a Roosevelt Museum of Natural History in their house, which was very smelly, and the servants complained. But his parents wanted him to explore what he loved. Uh, it was 250 labeled and mounted specimens to the Smithsonian. I just found that in my notes. Um, they had one of the bedrocks of the Roosevelt family was this deep love between the parents. They and Mitty had such a strong and healthy marriage when um, 
Taylor Jr. was just a small child. The Civil War broke out. So you've got this son of an abolitionist from New York City married to this Southern belle whose uh, family owned slaves. And so you can imagine what kind of tension there could have been in that house. Well, many had relatives who fought for the South. Uh, one of them was a spy. And uh, so Theodore Sr., he, uh, really believed in the Northern cause and spent a lot of the war in Washington, D.C. He became personal friends with Abraham Lincoln. He did many things to help the war effort. While he was gone, Mitty and her mama and sister were uh, packing up care packages to send behind the lines to their relatives. But through all of that, Korean wrote, that there was never a moment of estrangement between her parents or between Fee and his mother-in-law and sister-in-law. He wrote to Mitty one time that he wished she saw the war the way he did, but they, they didn't let it come between them. The nation is torn apart, and here's this New York City couple who are making it work and loving one another and being fabulous examples to their children while the country is is fighting over um, the and they they were on the opposite sides politically, but they didn't let it hurt their family. Mitty's answers to her husband's letters were very loving. She didn't complain about him being gone and her being there with the children by them herself. Uh, she would just fill her letters with news about them because she knew that's what he wanted to hear because she knew he missed them so much and didn't want to be away. But they were both just doing what they were, was their own personal conviction. They, uh, the family also was close to the extended family, and that even became part of the children's education. They had a uh, southern uncle. Um, I think he was a northerner married to a southerner, too, just like uh, Theodore Jr.'s parents. But anyway, his name was Hilborn West, and um, he would come for several weeks in the summer and tell the children great stories and read Shakespeare to them. And he would perform Shakespeare's plays for them under the trees. Uh, the Roosevelt's were lifestyle learners. The children learned in the great outdoors and they read and read and read. Their parents were particular about what they read. They didn't let them read what they thought was cheap and unwholesome, but they made great books available available to them. Theodore said there were books all over the house and uh, they had great access to great literature. He, um, they gave their children opportunities in creation, even in the midst of New York City. They lived in a wonderful townhouse that these parents had given to them. And I know that parents are probably tempted to think, well, yeah, you could do all these things if you had all the money that uh, the Roosevelt's did. And it definitely helped. But I believe there are principles of what they did that 
any parent can implement with the uh, resources that God gives to each of us. They, uh, what they did was on one of, on the third floor, <clears throat> they tore out the back wall of the bedroom and put a high uh, little balcony around it so that the children could be outdoors, even in New York City. There are some wild stories about these children on that balcony, like the day that uh, two of them played seesaw on the railing with one of them hanging uh, uh, over the railing from three stories up. So these were not uh, sweet little Victorian children who sat in chairs and uh, they were a very active household. And their father uh, just jumped right in with that. He taught them how to climb trees. They would go to the country in the summertime and just uh, collect little pet wild animals and ride horses and roam and explore. The Roosevelt's also taught their children by travel and that's something any parent can do even if it is just going across town. I believe so much in getting children out into what is real. In the Roosevelt's case, it was two grand tours, uh, one to Europe and one to Egypt, the Holy Land, and Syria and Greece and Constantinople. But being children, the children, uh, Theodore just longed to be back home doing what he usually uh, did, but the parents made it uh, fun for them too. Corinne said, our comprehending mother and father always allowed us joyous moments between educational efforts. And I think that's great homeschooling advice. Always make sure there's fun mixed in with the academics that you believe are really crucial. When they got back home from their second uh, grand tour, it was time for Theodore Jr. to study with tutors to get ready to take the entrance exam to Harvard. And, uh, I, but until Theodore Jr. entered Harvard shortly before his 18th birthday, he had spent almost all of his time with his family. They, the family was so hospitable that they kept, um, lots of other children around the children of their friends. So they spent a lot of time at their home, but bringing in lots of other people. His playmates and friends were his siblings, his cousins, and the children of his parents' friends. And I know that a lot of homeschooling parents wonder about socialization, but Theodore Roosevelt grew up to be a very fun, person, gregarious, and um, being homeschooled, spending his playtime with siblings and cousins and the children of his parents' friends turned out to be wonderful socialization for a future president. Soon after Theodore Jr. went to Harvard, his father wrote him a letter and told him, take care of your morals first, your health next, and finally, your studies. And I think that's so powerful. Your morals first, your health next, and finally, 
your studies. And when Taylor Jr. looked back uh, while he was at Harvard, he wrote to his mom and he said, it seems perfectly wonderful in looking back over my 18 years to see how I have literally never spent an unhappy day unless by my own fault. And he wrote about the intimacy he had with all of them. He said, I hardly know a boy who is on as intimate and affectionate terms with his family as I am. And he told her, I have an immense amount to be thankful for. And he wrote his father that he didn't think there was anybody else in college who had a family who loved him as much as his family loved him. And he said, I know there's nobody who has a father who is also his best and most intimate friend as you are mine. And when he left Harvard, he said, I left college and entered the big world owing more than I expressed to the training I'd received, especially in my own home. I, I would like to wrap up um, my thoughts about Theodore Roosevelt and his parents, Dee and Biddy, with some ideas of how I think you listeners can learn from these homeschooling parents. I would encourage you to love your children deeply and try in every way you can imagine to show them your love is true. Take parenting seriously but have a blast while you do. Find out what fascinates your children and give them opportunities to explore those interests. Take your children to wonderful places, even if they're only a few minutes away from your home. Teach your children to serve other people. Provide lots of great books and time in your children's schedules to read them. Spend time in God's creation. Give your children the opportunity to spend the bulk of their time with their very own family, mama and daddy and brothers and sisters and extended family. Learn how to get along with your husband or for any male listeners for your wife, despite your differences, even if other people are going to war over those very same differences. Find ways to help your children with special needs, the physical, mental, or emotional ones. Teach your children's hearts and souls as well as their minds and pay close attention to their character and live lives of joy and service and purpose and faith that your children can emulate. I believe that all of you can homeschool like Dee and Mitty Roosevelt. You and your children and perhaps America or even the world will be so glad you did. That is amazing. I didn't know, like, I'd say half of what you shared. <laughs> and we've studied all about him, Charlene. That is wonderful. So Isn't thank you so much powerful? for sharing this topic. It is. I, I, it is. I just, I, I just so want to get this message out. And I'm so grateful to you to give me the opportunity. Oh my gosh. We have done it again and again in our writing, like I said, in our civics curriculum for fifth through eighth grade, it's called Uncle Sam and You. We have mm-hmm. a whole lesson on the education of Theodore Roosevelt to um, 
we have a unit that's on education and the arts and how um, our civic life, you know, is involved in education and right. arts. And uh, one of and so we talk about the history of public schooling in one lesson, and in another lesson, we tell about how theater was built to school them. That's amazing. Well, now we have a um, international audience here. Um, of course, most of our listeners are from the U.S., but uh, mm-hmm. our podcasts go all over the place. So hopefully, this will resonate with those who are listening. Um, you know, perhaps from other countries um, as well, but. You know, I, I, as you were sharing, I'm thinking, well, that may, that's what we did. Or, you know, I didn't know that we did things similar because, um, you know, to think that back then um, his parents decided to homeschool for the reasons that they did. When we look at the world today, uh, can you imagine mm-hmm. what they would have even thought? Um, right. Because we, when we look back, we think, oh, gosh, everything was so great back then. And I probably wouldn't have. Oh, Felice, I really agree. And uh, Theodore Jr., you know, lost, and his siblings lost their parents very, very young, like I said, by the time they were 26. But they continued to stay very close as siblings. And I think, you know, his parents built that foundation. Mm, What a legacy. Well, guys, we are out of time, and I'm sure all of you want to know more about Knockgrass history, um, as well as their integrated curriculum, which sounds so wonderful. Uh, So, Charlene, I want to thank you so much. Um, I want to thank Knockgrass history um, as well. And again, you can find um, the show notes on VintageHomeschoolMoms.com and find Charlene and the whole family at history.notgrass.com and be sure to sign up for their newsletter and all of their um, check out all of their wonderful products. Charlene, thanks so much. It has been a blessing uh, to get to know you and have you share your heart with us. Well, I have enjoyed it so much too, Felice. And I just thought of one more thing your listeners might like to know. I also do a Monday through Friday daily blog called Daily Encouragement for Homeschooling Mothers. And when you go to our website, you can find a link to that and sign up for the blog as well. Well, I love that you're still active in the homeschool community, as am I. God still has a work for us to do. So yay. (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that there's a way for our listeners to connect with you as well. All right, Charlene, thanks so much. Thanks, God bless. Uh Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.